0: The Holy Spirit, this is number five in this series, and it is entitled, The Secret of Christ's Sinless Life. Before we examine this exciting subject, let us follow inspired counsel and pray for divine guidance. Our loving Father, we beseech thee to help us in this study that we may learn how we may share in Christ's secret so that we too may become victorious over sin we thank thee for granting this request in his name amen now as an introduction I'm beginning this message with a question how did jesus in his humanity overcome satan and we trust that this study will lead us to discover that jesus as a man was able to overcome satan by the power of the holy spirit this brings us to our text found in john three thirty-four. God gave not the spirit by measure unto him. And the spirit of prophecy deepens our perception. In the book, Desire of Ages, page 123, he was fitted for the conflict by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. I do not hesitate to tell you this can be the most important sermon you will ever hear so please be prepared to listen to it several times because what the holy spirit did for jesus in giving him complete victory over satan he can do the same for you this knowledge is vitally essential in our daily battle with sin. We are told in the of Ages, page 671, sin could be resisted and overcome only through the mighty agency of the third person of the Godhead. So let us look deeply into this wonder. As Jesus invaded this rebel planet, some two thousand years ago, he came to live a sinless life by the power of the Holy Spirit, making it possible that we too can overcome sin as he overcame by the power of the Holy Spirit. Furthermore, there is absolutely no way that we may receive the benefits of the cross without the regenerating ministry of the Holy Spirit which makes possible the new birth and we become born-again Christians. In manuscript 1, 1892, are these words. Of what avail would it have been to us that the only begotten Son of God had humbled himself, endured the temptations of the wily foe, and died the just for the unjust, if the Spirit had not been given as a regenerating agent to make effectual, in our cases, what had been wrought out by the world's Redeemer. For just as Jesus came to reveal the Father, so the Holy Spirit interprets Christ's life to us. In this way, we come to know the Father, and we know the Son through the gift of the Spirit. And this is of vital importance for the Scripture states in John seventeen three. This is life eternal, that we might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. You may attain to all the knowledge this world can offer, but if you do not know God, the Father, it will all be worthless, for God measures our moral worth by the knowledge we have of him. In Christ Object Lessons, page 354, the value of a man is estimated in heaven according to the capacity of the heart to know God. This knowledge is the spring from which flows all power. Notice that all power comes from a knowledge of God. Lucifer misrepresents a God of love, claiming that God is covered with selfishness. This terrible falsehood is the very heart of the great controversy. So it was that Jesus left heaven to glorify God by correctly interpreting the love of the Father to us. Again, we see here the work of the Holy Spirit. For the purpose of the Spirit was to clearly define Christ. John sixteen thirteen and 14. Howbeit, when He, the Spirit of Truth, is come, He will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself but whatsoever he shall hear that shall he speak and he will show you things to come he shall glorify me for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you now it is of interest to note that christ did not come to our world of himself For Isaiah quotes the Lord as saying, Thus saith the Lord, Thy Redeemer, Thy Holy One of Israel. Come ye near unto me, hear ye this. I have not spoken in secret from the beginning, from the time that it was. Where am I? And now the Lord God is and his Spirit hath sent me." Isaiah forty-eight sixteen and 17. So the decision for Christ to come to this world was a joint decision by the Trinity of God, the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And Christ chose to be born into this world by the agent of the Holy Spirit. in Luke 1.35 And the angel said unto her, that's Mary, The Holy Spirit shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. So this is how Jesus came into this world, to become jointly part God and part man. Just as the scripture states, he became the Son of God and the Son of Man. And at what a cost. In Bible Commentary 7, page 915, Christ, at an infinite cost, By a painful process, mysterious to angels, as well as to men, assumed humanity. But let us not forget, Christ did not come as Adam, who was perfect in every respect before he fell. For Adam had no tendency to sin. Absolutely none. But we read of Christ in Desire of Ages, page page 49, Jesus accepted humanity when the race had been weakened by 4,000 years of sin. So you can easily see the tendency to sin that Christ faced. But let us also remember in the same book, page 663, Christ had not ceased to be God when he became man. Unquote. Yet he exercised no power that man cannot have. He was wholly dependent upon the Holy Spirit as a man to overcome every known temptation. Just so every son and disciple of god must depend on a power outside and above himself if we are to overcome sin as christ did this is clearly stated in bible commentary 5 page 1108 the enemy was overcome by christ in his human nature the power of the Savior's Godhead was hidden. He overcame in human nature, relying upon God, the Holy Spirit for power. And this is the privilege of all. Oh, that we would comprehend this mighty power of the Holy Spirit. And I am quoting the omnipotent power of the Holy Spirit is the defense of every contrite soul desire of ages page 490. and again we are admonished in the review and herald of April 1893 it is through the mighty agency of the Holy Spirit that the government of Satan is to be subdued and subjected unquote The secret of our Lord's success over sin is to be found in his union of divinity with humanity. And for us to fully appreciate this incarnation, we must also experience this union ourselves. And we need the Holy Spirit to teach us this mystery. So it is of vital importance that we come under the control of the Holy Spirit. For we are assured in that book, Sons and Daughters of God, page 24, quote, that divinity and humanity are blended in Him who has the Spirit of Christ. Unquote. So it is that through the gift of the Spirit, god imparts the life of christ to us this is an amazing truth in desire of ages page 805 the impartation of the spirit is the impartation of the life of christ unquote. i get so overwhelmed with these thoughts And this is why i suggest that you listen to this tape many times for i am so spiritually enriched myself as i go over and over this material now let us change our focus so that we might comprehend how satan mustered every fiend of hell to try and discourage christ from redeeming Mankind. In the book Desire of Ages, two five seven, we Satan summoned all his forces, and at every step contested the work of Christ. And then again, we read in Bible Commentary five page one o eight o, the serpent himself made Christ the mark of every weapon of hell." Why did the devil do this? He was attempting to wear out the forbearance of God. He hoped God would abandon the world to satanic force. He determined to make man so vile and so loathsome that man's repulsiveness would sicken the almighty in desire of ages page 36 i read the bodies of human beings had become the habitation of demons unquote. no wonder this is why christ was continually casting out devils while on earth for demons were possessing human beings that had been created in the image of God. In doing this, Satan insulted and outraged heaven. The situation had become so scandalous that I'm continuing to read unfallen worlds watched to see Jehovah arise and sweep away the inhabitants of the earth. And if God should do this, Satan was ready to cast the blame upon God and to spread his rebellion to the worlds above. At this very crisis, the Son of God came with the imbesage of divine grace. Never overlook the magnitude of this struggle between Christ and Satan. At the very moment when Christ's resistance was wasted to its lowest level, as Satan tempted our Savior in the wilderness, it was then that he bribed Jesus with a special offer. Satan would give Christ the best of this world if, and and please try to visualize this event with me as it took place, I'm reading from Selected Messages 1, page 286. Quote, The eye of Jesus, for a moment, rested upon the glory presented before him. But he turned away and refused to look upon the entrancing spectacle. Christ's divine indignation was aroused. He commanded Satan to detest get thee hence unquote. likewise we who are loyal seventh-day adventists are also the special target of satan and we should not expect to be treated less than christ was tempted by the devil but praise god we have the captain of the lord's host on our side and also the third person of the Godhead, the mighty Holy Spirit, to keep us. Speaking of the remnant, we read in Desire of Ages, page 352, quote, They are to contend with supernatural forces, but they are assured of supernatural help. More than angels are in the ranks, The holy spirit the representative of the captain of the lord's host comes down to direct the battle honestly now could we ask god for more oh how we should praise him but each individual saint must make a decision to enjoy the companionship of holy angels or do the bidding of demons. And that's an alarming thought. Listen in the desire of ages two, five, eight, quote, those who turn from the plain teachings of scripture and the convicting power of the Holy Spirit are inviting the control of demons, unquote. We dare not consider this lightly. We are a part of the great conflict between the good and the evil angels. We have been told that in the very end time, and I'm reading from Bible commentary four, page 1142, quote, satanic agencies in human form will take part in the last great struggle and heavenly angels in human guise will be on the field of action. Surely we need the protection and the leadership of the angels of God under the control of the Holy Spirit. But how can we be assured of the Holy Spirit. Beloved, this has been made very simple. By meditating upon Christ's sinless life, looking at Calvary's sacrifice, until we become charged with the Holy Spirit, like a battery, becomes charged with power. This is how it's done. In Testimonies 4, page 374, I read, by contemplating Christ's teachings and sufferings, we may become more deeply imbued with the Spirit which sustained our Savior. Everything noble and generous in man will respond to the contemplation of Christ upon the cross, unquote. And now let us spend a few minutes in becoming personally acquainted with Christ's trials and temptations leading to the cross. Desire of Ages, page 117. He took the nature of man with the possibility of yielding to temptation. Bible Commentary 5, page 108.2. He could not have been tempted in all points as man is tempted had there been no possibility. Desire of Ages, page 49. God permitted him to meet life's peril in common with every human soul at the risk of failure and eternal loss. Unquote. So it is without question our Savior depended on supernatural power continually to meet the supernatural foe. And his secret was to receive the Holy Spirit and make sure that the Holy Spirit dwelt within him every moment. In Christ Object Lessons, page 139, are these words, Daily, he received a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit. And likewise, we must follow our Lord in exactly the same manner in this life and death struggle. For he declared, I am the way, the truth, and the life. John 14, 6. Now for a few moments we need also to praise and thank God that Jesus did not turn from the horrors of the cross even though he prayed. John twelve twenty seven, Father, save me from this hour. It was so dreadful that he shrank from the shameful death But he determined to go forward and he prayed father glorify thy name now no one can glorify god unless he has god's spirit i'm reading desire of ages page 624 zeal for god's glory is the motive implanted by the holy spirit and only the effectual working of the Spirit can implant this motive. Father, glorify thy name, was the keynote of Christ's life, and if we follow him, this will be the keynote of our life. Christ knew that to glorify God meant obedience, his life testified to the fact that he was absolutely sinless because, and I'm reading Ministry of Healing, page 180, quote, Humanity combined with divinity does not commit sin, unquote. And here is an undeniable fact to remember that no one, absolutely no one can expect the latter rain power of the Holy Spirit to take possession of the individual for any other purpose than to exalt Christ, the hero of Calvary, and glorify God by obedience. But such an experience involves our will, In Steps to Christ, page 47, everything depends on the right action of the will, end quote. So with us, every accountable human being actually occupies a throne. Now, have you thought of that? Let me read it again. Every accountable human being actually occupies a throne. Why? For he is the arbiter of his own destiny. Ultimately, his decision becomes final. God himself will not invade the will. When anyone refuses to make a decision for God... Satan immediately usurps his throne. Faith makes us one with the Spirit of Christ, but doubt makes us one with the evil spirit. Testimonies 5, page 513, quote, It is for you to yield up your will to the will of Jesus Christ. Your whole nature will then be brought under the control of the Spirit of Christ." I'm sorry to say that some make the tragic mistake in that they feel that the Holy Spirit will take charge of their life if they remain passive. But this is an insidious falsehood. For the Holy Spirit does not usurp the function of the will. He merely cooperates with us by strengthening the will in the performance of right. Consider this. Mount of Blessings, page 142. Were it possible to force upon you with a hundredfold greater intensity the influence of the Spirit of God it would not make you a Christian the will must be placed on the side of God's will you are not able to bring your purposes and desires and inclinations into submission to the will of God but if you are willing to be made willing, God will accomplish the work for you. Now, don't you like that? Willing to be made willing? This is something that we can do. And no matter how weak the will may be, the omnipotent power of the Holy Spirit will firm up the slightest will if it is in keeping with the holy resolve to which the Holy Spirit becomes a party. Beloved, it's important to compare our will problems with Christ, for we will discover that no one ever had such a difficult decision to make than Jesus did in the Garden of Gethsemane. Listen, as he expressed the struggle that raged within. I'm reading Matthew twenty six twenty eight. Quote, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. Ellen White enlarges this for us in Review and Herald, October 9, 1888. Christ felt himself becoming separated from his Father by a gulf of sin so broad, so black, so deep that his spirit shuddered before it. Notice how this affected the angels of heaven. I'm reading Signs of the Times, December 9, 1897. Christ felt Agony, that convulsed all heaven. They saw their Lord enclosed by legions of satanic forces. His human nature weighed down with a shuddering, mysterious dread. You know, I'm afraid so few of us have ever given these thoughts a chance to germinate. For you see that Christ came to this earth with but one purpose to topple Satan's throne to prevail against the gates of hell that he might save you and me. He recoiled as he contemplated the tortures of the doomed and the damned. No one could force him to take punishment that he did not deserve. Consider his pathetic words of that anguishing plea to his father. If it be possible, such a request pierced the heart of infinite love. But no answer came from the father. God's silence told the suffering Savior, It's impossible. Now let's look at the facts. In Gethsemane, there were two wills, the will of the Father and the will of the Son. The question to be answered was, will the will will of Christ refuse the cup or will he offer the Father a surrendered will? Now watch with me as the mysterious cup trembles in his hand as he beholds the doomed world. Praise God. His decision is made. He will save man at any cost to himself. So Jesus surrendered his will to God the Father. Luke twenty-two forty-two. quote, Not my will, but thine be done. Christ offered the supreme sacrifice, a yielded will. For a surrendered will constitutes obedience. When Christ accepted God's will, he sacrificed his own will. Now, only one will remained. God's will. Immediately, an angel ministered to the prostrated Lord, not to release Christ from his dedication, but to strengthen him to perform that which he willed to do. Thus, Calvary became possible. Manuscript 49, 1898. Hanging upon the cross, Christ was the gospel. Unquote. But let us dig a little deeper. We must not overlook the question of what made the crucifixion necessary. Review and Herald, July 5, <coughs> 1887. Man was a criminal under the sentence of death for transgression of the law of God as a traitor a rebel hence a substitute for man must die unquote. tell me who can estimate man's guilt it can be known only by the cross no soul knows truly knows the love of god until he sees himself a sinner in the light from the cross of Calvary. And then, and only then, is it possible to realize that Jesus paid it all on the cross. As sinners, we need nothing more. And God wants nothing more. Justice asks nothing more. And no one can add anything more, be it mockery, misery, headache, or heartache, thorns and spikes. He endured it all. Jesus did everything necessary for a complete atonement. And throughout all eternity, all glory and praise belong to him. And thank God, something more the benefits now belong to us so that throughout eternity no one need perish in selected messages one page 96 the sins of every man was punished in christ they were placed on the innocent sin bearer as though they were his own Unquote. And in Signs of the Times, January 1, 1915, Christ took the infinite risk of consenting to war with the enemy. Unquote. And believe me, the devil left nothing undone. Notice this quotation found in Desire of Ages, page six seventy seven ten and 752 satanic agencies confederated with evil men in leading the people to believe Christ was the chief of sinners never was a criminal treated in so inhuman a manner Christ was the prince of sufferers While bringing such suffering upon the Son of God, Satan tried to hide his murderous intentions. In Review and Herald, March 12, 1901, Satan's deceptions were watched by the inhabitants of the unfallen worlds as he, in disguise, worked in such a way that he thought he could not possibly be detected But Satan outfoxed himself. For we read in Desire of Ages, page 761, His disguise was torn away. He had revealed himself a murderer. And in The Spirit of Prophecy, volume 3, page 183, this outrage, quote, caused the angels to shudder with horror and severed forever the last tie of sympathy existing between Satan and the heavenly worlds. Now, it can be clearly stated that no one can fully understand the meaning of Christ's substitutionary death without a knowledge of the sacredness of God's law. Selected Messages 1, page 229. Those only who acknowledge the binding claim of the moral law can explain the nature of the atonement, unquote. On the cross, Christ suffered a death beyond death. Bible Commentary 5, page 1103. Quote, Christ was suffering the death that was pronounced upon the transgressors of God's law. Unquote. So Christ took our place, taking man's place in the universe. I'm quoting Desire of Ages, page 756. Our sin-bearer Endures the wrath of divine justice, and for thy sake becomes sin itself. God's hatred of sin is beyond our human conception, yet herein we can also see God's love revealed. For God the Father suffered with his Son. God felt every pain, but more. Here is something I never fathomed before. Listen to this amazing thought found in Bible Commentary 5, page 1108. God himself was crucified with Christ, unquote. In Patriarchs and Prophets, page 70, Christ, in his expiring agony upon the cross, cried out, It is finished! A shout of triumph rung throughout every world. The death of Christ shook the kingdom of Satan, thus making the death of Satan possible. I like the way inspiration speaks of this in the Review and Herald of September 7, 1897. Quote, The death of the Son of God made the death of Satan unavoidable. Unquote. But, beloved, let us not forget that Satan will not perish alone. For in the signs of the times of four 1884 are these words those who flatter themselves that God is too merciful to punish the sinner have only to look to Calvary to make assurance doubly sure that vengeance will be visited upon every transgressor of his righteous law unquote the cross condemns with double guilt. For the wicked must die for the sins they have committed. But also, notice this, for refusing salvation so dearly purchased. Consider this amazing fact, Proverbs eight thirty-six, All they that hate me love death. Do we know what death they will suffer? Oh, yes, we do. The death of fire outside the New Jerusalem. In Testimonies 1, page 124, God's Spirit will not always be grieved after all has been done that God could do to save man if they show by their lives that they slight Jesus offered mercy. Death will be their portion and it will be dearly purchased. It will be a dreadful death. Why? For they will have to feel the agony that Christ felt upon the cross. Unquote. Now, isn't that amazing? Calvary represents God's crowning act of love. Never can this guilt be surpassed Jesus took our place he became sin for us so that he could offer us his perfect righteousness in the book entitled suffering page 35 to 38 quote it was not bodily suffering which was so quickly which so quickly ended the life of christ upon the cross It was a sense of his father's wrath that broke his heart. Even doubts assailed the dying Son of God. Faith and hope trembled in the aspiring agonies. The Redeemer relied upon the evidences which had hitherto strengthened him. He has by faith alone to trust in him unquote. with such sacred thoughts will you come with me in godly reverence and join me close to the cross for it is here we discover our answer will the awful strain snap his resolve will death exhaust his faith Watch his heaving breast as the end nears. See his body hunger for oxygen. Suddenly, and I'm quoting, there was a shriek shrill and agonizing, and the Son of God expired. He died of a broken heart. Signs of the Times, April 14, 1898. At that very moment, this happened. Consternation filled the universe. Bible Commentary 5, page 1108. The interruption of the communion between God and His Son caused a condition of things in the heavenly courts. Which cannot be described by human language. God hid the Savior while he drank the last dregs of the cup of wrath. Unquote. You see, Satan tried to drive a wedge between the Father and the Son, but in dying, Jesus' death produced an indissoluble union between God the Father and God the Son. Some think of Calvary and Christ's sufferings as something long ago. They forget the present sufferings of Christ. Christ's soul recoils now to sin's cruel barbs just as Jerusalem's rabble nailed him to the tree. So we must understand this experience of Christ If we are to represent a suffering christ to the world with the convicting power of the latter reign in the book education page 263 few give thought to the suffering that sin has caused our creator that suffering did not begin or end with his manifestation in humanity the cross is a revelation to our dull senses of the pain that from its very inception sin has brought to the heart of god every departure from the right every deed of cruelty every failure of humanity to reach his ideal brings grief to him. Our world is a vast laser house, a scene of misery that we dare not allow even our thoughts to dwell upon. Yet, God feels it all. Unquote. Listen, dear friend. As servants of Christ, we must reveal to the world a clearer con- concept of Christ's atonement in manuscript 56, 1899, quote, Christ on the cross was the medium whereby mercy and truth met together and righteousness and peace kissed each other. This is the means that is to move the world, unquote. And remember, what moves us moves the world. The marvelous love of God will keep our eyes fastened to the cross as the Holy Spirit conforms our inmost being into the image of Christ. Remember, Desire of Ages, page 302, quote, The Holy Spirit never leaves unassisted, The soul who is looking unto Jesus, if the eye is kept fixed on Christ, the work of the Spirit ceases not until the soul is conformed to His image. Thus victory is assured through and by the Holy Spirit. We must give the world a new revelation of Christ with hearts that are afire with Christ's atonement. The latter rain will use us to enlighten the whole world in a loud cry with a glory that will pulsate with the three angels' messages and shake the world. Let us pray. O God... Wilt thou through thy Holy Spirit continually fill our minds with the great sacrifice of thy Son, that we may daily become more and more like our loving Savior in our thoughts and actions, that we may win others to thee. Amen.